Hi friends, I'm your host, Heaven Nagatu, and welcome back to Dream It Real, a podcast for those who dream, brought to you by Coach. Coach and I have been collaborating on this as part of the Dream It Real initiative, all about supporting the next generation and their dreams for the future. Each week, we'll talk to inspiring guests about how they're making their dreams a reality, dreams for themselves, their communities, and the world. This week's theme is all about community and the things that bring people together. You need a community. You cannot do things by yourself. And I feel so, so grateful for the community of people I rely on daily. Shout out to the communities who strengthen me and firmly ground me in reality. (laughs) And I'm very excited because today we're also talking about community with someone who knows a thing or two about it. And that's Maisie Williams, the myth, the legend, y'all. The girl who has no name, Game of Thrones fans already know who I'm talking about. In terms of being able to find an online community, like that's been something that is relatively new and I think has really given so many people um, a real sense of like hope. Now, if you aren't familiar with Maisie Williams, she has played the beloved Arya Stark on the massive HBO show Game of Thrones for the better part of a decade, and it was her first professional acting role, and she started when she was only 12, so that's wild. Maisie has been a friend of Coach for the last few years now, collaborating on a bunch of different projects. Coach's creative director, Stuart Vivers, even designed the custom look for Maisie's final Game of Thrones premiere, and she looks so good, y'all, so good. I can't believe I didn't talk to her about her hair! Now, Maisie's getting ready for her post-Game of Thrones life, planning what's next, and one of the things she's especially passionate about is creating a community for her fellow artists. And she's doing that with the app that she co-founded called Daisy. We're going to talk to her about all that and more in our interview. Check it out. Hi, Maisie. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So every week on this podcast, we're talking to different people about different themes, and I'm very excited to chat with you today about community. Lovely. What does the word community mean to you? Um, I think community uh, can be like a sense of real belonging um, or just like a group of people um, that you feel really connected to. I think like for a long time, I never really felt like I was part of any sort of community and I felt like I was traveling around a lot. Um, But more recently, as I've got older, um, I think like, you know, community of people, whether it be online or in the real world or of like creative people or, you know, my family and my home community, um, I feel definitely like I fit to several now. Do you feel like your generation has a different idea of community than maybe other generations? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are so many uh, young people now that, you know, maybe don't fit with a lot of people, um, maybe at school or, you know, in their life. But in terms of being able to find an online community, like that's been something that is relatively new and I think has really given so many people um, a real sense of like hope. Yeah, and all the little Tumblr babies and all the Twitter babies exactly. and their little niches. Yeah, and like on YouTube, <laughs> there's like the beauty community, and I wish oh, that sure, I was part sure. of that, but I need to get better at dyeing my roots before I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. 
I also imagine you probably have a big community on set of Game of Thrones. You've been on that show for basically like a decade. Yeah. Is that a big community in your life? Yeah, totally. And and even like within the film world, like if I go anywhere, if I work on anything new, um, I will have multiple people come to me and say, like, I've worked with someone who's worked on your show um, or, you know, another another actor or I did work on the show or, you know, the community is so huge that it's not just the, sh- the show community, but it now is like a micro community within the filmmaking world of the United Kingdom. So that's kind of strange. And, and it also means that now, you know, whatever new community I go into, um, I, I still have like some sort of common ground and connection to a lot of people. So that's been really helpful with my first steps into this uh, this industry for sure. Yeah, I can only imagine there's like a million characters on that show. <laughs> I'm sure it's like six degrees of <laughs> separation. Yeah, <laughs> I meet people and sometimes they say, oh, I work with an actor on that show. And then they say the name and I'm like. Which season were they? In? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I can also imagine there's probably like a strong community of people who like have survived the seasons and haven't been killed yeah, off. Yeah, definitely. I feel like in season eight, like when we were shooting, there was definitely a strong sense of like community amongst the the cast members and and even within that, like the ones that have been there since season one but then the ones that have been there since episode one you know and it's really interesting (laughs) chatting to people and this show is so wonderful and it wouldn't be wonderful without the amount of characters that have been killed but having said all of that it does feel very very special being one of the characters that hasn't (laughs) um let's talk about Arya Stark yeah sure let's do it how would you describe her in three words in three words um She's such an iconic character. Yeah, I'd say unpredictable. Um, Oh, I love that. Really sad and driven. I think, like, particularly Arya now, like, she was very different when she was younger, but now I think there's just, like, a huge pain within her, which makes her pretty unpredictable. Yeah, and very emo. (laughs) Very emo. She's listening to Avril Lavigne in her room, like, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. That vision. Uh, what have you learned from playing her? What have been some of the responses to your portrayal? Um, I think I've learned that being really hot-headed and jumping the gun is not always that good. It's a strategy, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like her only sort of way of communicating, really. Um, but mm. yeah, lands are in a lot of hot water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you got a lot of advice about. You know, being a young person on that set, but also it's, it was your big, your first big um, acting role. Yeah. What was some of the best advice that stuck with you? Um, you know, like being an actor is like the really fun, easy part. But in terms of fame and and trying to navigate the industry on on that side of it, that was always what I really struggled with. Mm. And I think. You know, whenever people would give me advice about about that and, you know, even having to deal with all of that and, you know, the new social media side of it, that a lot of the other actors on the show, you know, had never really been part of that or had fame through that until this role. So Mm. I think, you know, it was something that not a lot of people had a lot of advice about, but there was still a lot of people to talk to about it if it was getting a bit much. Yeah, I feel you. It's not. There's not necessarily that much good social media advice. (laughs) 
Sometimes it's just like tweet through it. It's like that's not always the yeah, best Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know. And particularly because if people said like just don't be on it, you know. And for me, I was like, oh right, well, it's like I have to engage. Yeah, well, it's yeah. like this is my generation. This is like what we do. And for me to not be mm. on it, it felt really bizarre. I think because everyone is on it, you know. Um, but yeah, so that being the only sort of source of advice for a long time was kind of unhelpful. <laughs> okay, so. Obviously, everyone may know you from Game of Thrones, but, yeah. you know, you were probably a real human before that. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your pre-Game of Thrones life. What was baby Maisie like? Um, I'm the youngest of four siblings, so I think, like, baby Maisie was always just wanted to... Wanted to be, I didn't want to get left behind by any of my siblings. I was desperate to like be involved. And my brother's like, you can't play with us. You're not cool enough. So my childhood was very much. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, My childhood was very much like showing off, wanted to be the center of attention, very cheeky. And uh, (laughs) yeah, like a real kind of nightmare, but in the best possible way. (laughs) That was what I was like as a child. I kind of think that's what I'm like now as well. (laughs) (laughs) What were some of the things you were trying to get into? I used to watch films that were way too old for me when I was a kid. So I remember growing up watching like Fifth Element and The Matrix and The Alien and Terminator trilogies. And I was obsessed with all of the female characters in that. Mm. And I thought Trinity was the coolest girl I'd ever seen in my entire life. And so, you know, it's kind of weird because I didn't really think about that growing up. Like, I would never have said, like, this is my favorite movie ever. But when I look back, now that I'm playing Arya Stark, I realize that I am heavily influenced by these characters like Ripley and, and um, yeah, Sarah Connor. Like, they all really played a huge part in me growing up, I think. Mm, that's so interesting. I feel like you can definitely see that through line. Um, did you always want to be a performer? Yes, I did. I used to I used to want to dance. That's what I that's what I always wanted to do. Um and I never really took any classes or anything like that until I was about 8. I think I was doing like a school play and then someone said to my mom like you should really, you know, you should see if she could, you know, do that. So I ended up going to some local dance classes and oh, I loved it. I used to wake up every Saturday morning at like 7 a.m. and like put my clothes on ready and my class wasn't until like 2:00 Wow. And I used to just like walk around my house (laughs) in my little jazz outfit. I loved it. I was obsessed. And then, like, you know, I I enjoyed that so much that my mom started letting me take more and more classes, different genres. I was doing about 30 hours a week and school um, when I was, you know, between the age of like maybe 10 and and 16. and you know, and through trying to become an actor, I end, uh, and through trying to become a dancer, I actually ended up meeting a uh, an acting agent, and that's when Game of Thrones sort of took off. But uh, yeah, the dream was always to to be a dancer. It's wild that there's a whole other timeline out there where like you're not on Game of Thrones, you're just a dancer, not just a dancer, but like you're living a whole other life as a dancer. But I'm curious if you were on this path, it's not always super easy to find your community, and I'm wondering. Uh, what advice you have for someone who's trying to kind of figure that out and find their place? Yeah, I mean, I thought 
I remember being in high school, in secondary school, and we did a play, and it's called Those Happy Days, or something like that. And it's about school being the happiest days of your life. And I remember reading the play and thinking, is this as good as it gets? <laughs> because this is awful. I'm having the worst time. And oh, I think I once I left school, yeah, once I left school and grew up, and like made so many new friends, I realized that, you know, if I, if you don't, if you can't find your group early on in life, like life is so long and there's plenty of time for that. And school isn't everything. And I think it's just patience. And if you can get the best out of school and turn it around to be really beneficial to you um, and not be about a popularity contest, then when you move forward with your life or career afterwards, um, you'll definitely find your crew. It's not something to worry about. I feel like I'm still even finding my crew now. Like I moved to London two years ago and it takes a long time to like really get a group of friends here. And um, yeah, yeah I feel like even only now at 21, nearly 22, am I really starting to find like my crew. So it's just patience, I think. And, and um, yeah, it, in those times when you do feel alone, like if you can put all of that energy into like creating something incredible for yourself, like, you know, everything else will come with that. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Um, I want to get into your app real quick because I just learned that you have an app that you are the co-founder of called Daisy. I do. Whose tagline is a playground for creative collaboration. Tell us more. The idea was never to start going into like app development, but in terms of people trying to break into the creative industries, um, it's something that I've always been really aware of and how difficult it is. And so a friend of mine and I came up with this idea to create an app, which is basically like a tool where people can meet other creative people across industries and then work together on projects and then be able to you know, create work as a portfolio to prove themselves as an artist mm. rather than waiting around for someone else to give them an opportunity. So people always say, like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm. And if you don't know anyone, but you're highly qualified, like, it's really difficult to then start making connections. Right. So we wanted to have this app um, that would basically link up all of these up-and-coming creative people in the UK and, you know, hopefully around the world eventually. Um, so as they can work together... Um, and, you know, create their own careers rather than just waiting for someone else to give them an opportunity. So that was the idea behind it. That sounds awesome. Your plan is world domination for artists. I love it. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> um, it sounds like you really want to protect the the artists or the creatives um, experience and their learning yeah despite not having the proper networks or the quote-unquote yeah. proper networks? Was that inspired by a particular experience that moved you to want to create that space? Just having received such an incredible opportunity so young, mm. um, I'm really in the place now where so many doors are open for me. Like, I now have a tech company. That's how many doors are open <laughs> for me. And I kind of, you know, I met so... I have so many friends who are so talented mm. and... I sometimes even think are way more qualified than me to like create movies or whatever it may be. And I just never really understood, you know, why these opportunities weren't available to them. Mm. And I think 
Um, you know, it's such a huge problem. And I'm also from a small town, you know, and had I not had this crazy set of circumstances, like I probably would be pretty lost right now. Um, so in terms of like, you know, social media being such a huge part of my life, but also sometimes being a really n- lonely and negative place, mm. like I wanted to spin it on its head and create a platform where people can create a profile which boasts their art and their creativity rather than like what car they are driving and where whether or not they bought it cash or on finance. <laughs> and I wanted a place where people can like build a portfolio of work and not just aimlessly scroll and look at other people's lives and get upset, but actually, you know, collaborate with a community and um, further their careers. What advice do you have for anyone who has an idea like this and is struggling with taking it from being an idea in their head to something that's, you know, real and, and tangible in the world? I get asked this sort of thing a lot. And really the one thing that I see different about myself to other people um, is just my uh, view of myself, I think. And um, I've never really seen myself with any sort of ceiling um, or boundaries to what I can and can't do. And it's a lot down to my mother, really. She's never made me feel like I'm incapable of doing really anything um and I and I I like to think like if I put my mind to something and you know I um am willing to sort of grow and learn and adapt like I really feel like the the options are wide open and I think so many people have doubts and insecurities about their own capabilities which at the end of the day um usually is only sort of has like a reverse effect Mm. and you end up starting to believe that sort of thing and and then you know trying a little uh less and and pushing yourself a little less exactly (laughs) and and I think you know the one thing that I've really noticed when people say like you know as a woman like how did you why did you think that you could do tech Mm. and I I don't know I just I've never really thought that I couldn't Mm. so oh yes love that that's the only sort of thing that I've noticed about myself that's different and I sometimes really struggle to answer that question because I just truly believe that when there are things in my life that I want to do I'll stop at nothing until I get there period I love it (laughs) (laughs) um we've been asking everyone this and I want to ask you What's some advice you'd tell your younger self or what did you need to hear at that time? I think just have a bit more fun. Mm, um, okay, shout out to fun. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, as a as a like a child in in the industry in particular, like I was so keen to like show people like I'm not a little brat like I don't I know how to behave right, and right. I'm really good I was so keen to like prove to people that I wasn't gonna like mess my life up that I ended up just like overthinking everything and just trying to be too grown up I think and when I look back like I just put myself under a lot of pressure mm. to try and be mature and um yeah, I mean, you know, it was great and I think people, you know, kind of like that and it mean it it means it sort of kept me out of trouble. But, you know, I don't have a lot of like fun memories of just like goofing around when things weren't quite so serious. So, I think like, you know, when looking back, I wish I just t- like took everything a little less serious. And I think, you know, even 20 years in the future I'm probably going to say the same thing again. I think it's <laughs> advice that we know can yourself. all take. <laughs> I love that, though. Have have more goofy times. More goofy times. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have a few questions from Coach's social media team. 
um, and for everyone right. who tweeted in. This one is from Ruby. What advice would you give to someone like myself who has no idea what they want to do in life? Zero idea. I think you can go about it in a way of like try something and if you don't like it, you can change, but throw everything at something and then at least then you'll have some sort of idea of whether there was an element of it that you liked mm. and then you can push further down that route or whether there was an element that you really didn't like and then you'll vow to never do that sort of thing again. <laughs> I think like, you know, people sometimes even say like, I, I, you know, I was afraid to go to like dance school or to like performing art school because I wanted to have other options and it's like, you can change your mind in life like life is really really long and I think if you um, at least throw yourself into something even if you realize that it's something that you don't want to do at least that's checked off the list and and you know you won't spend your whole life sort of wondering what if um, so I think have a go at something and and uh, yeah through that you'll end up finding where you want to fit in in the world yeah I love that have a go at it and uh, you can change your mind yeah totally um this question is from Clark. What is the thing you're most proud of that your app Daisy has achieved since its launch? After launching version one, um, you know, to get to the point where we are now, we needed investment. And to get that investment, we needed a really good MVP. And when we launched that MVP, um, it did so well. I think we got like 40,000 downloads of that app. And that okay. really is the reason why we are where we are now. Um, and I guess that's what I'm most proud of. And, you know, with those people and, and with that data, we can now push forward in a in a much stronger way, um, you know, and hopefully this launch will will get that again, but like tenfold. So we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, that's what I'm most proud of is all those downloads. That's awesome. Um, next question is from Asha. Mm -hmm. What's next for you? For me, um, I'm doing my nine to five thing at the Daisy office, which is thrilling. Um, but I also I'm going to be doing another movie. Um, uh, in May, that's going to be like a thriller, home invasion Ooh. thriller in the 90s. Ooh. Yeah, really cool. I hope I get to do some like fifth element hair and dye it orange and blonde. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> oh, that's um, delightful. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to take a holiday. I haven't taken on a holiday in a Ooh, while. Okay, holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Take a bit of, bit of me time this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say you go to you go to the Daisy office nine to five like a regular tech employee? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I'm. I have to be there at nine thirty a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> I actually love it. You know, like my whole life has been like flying to lots of different cities, and you know, I think people like think that's the dream, but actually, you just end up like really stressed and with no clean washing. And so, <laughs> what's really nice about having a nine to five? Yeah, it's really nice about having a nine to five is that you just have a routine. You know, I eat my lunch mm -hmm. at the same place every day and <laughs> it's not bad <laughs> one last question for you what is your word for 2019 oh god one word the show i don't really have like a word for it but like the show is ending i guess like the next chapter that's what 2019 mm. is for me the show is okay. ended and i'm like 21 now and it's like a really great time to like sort of enter into adulthood I guess and um yeah for me it really is just the next chapter and and how I want that to fold out unfold <laughs> that's beautiful thank you so much for joining us this has been amazing we love chatting with you thank you I've had the best time thanks so much for having me 
Hey, like what you hear? Well, discover more about the Coach Fam and what the brand is all about at coach.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So now we're at the point of the show where we hear from inspiring young people all across the country chasing down their dreams. We ask them to share their stories and dreams uninterrupted and in their own words. I'm so excited to introduce our guest this week, Desmond. So his stage name is Desmond is Amazing, and he's a drag kid. He performs on stages all across the country in full costume and makeup, fearlessly showing the world who he is. But today we really wanted you to hear about how Desmond finds friends and community in the drag world. And a little light friend of his is a a one RuPaul, close personal friend RuPaul. Yeah, yeah, he's got it like that. Go off, Desmond. I can't believe the kids are getting into drag that early. I love that. I love that he's already met RuPaul. Outrageous and delightful. And I'm so excited for y'all to hear from him. Here's Desmond himself. My name is Desmond is Amazing, and I am a drag kid. I first wanted to start doing drag when I saw the first episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. I was like, yes, I love this. I love this so much because the queens were being themselves and um, they looked amazing. So that's what I wanted to do. So I would take my mom's towels and heels and walk around the house. One of my drag heroes is RuPaul. And when I met him, he called me the future of America. It's like such an honor. I meet a lot of other people in the drag community and the drag kid community. I think community is important because you can find other people like you that accept you. So you're not, you know, you're not the only one out there. A drag house is a bunch of drag queens in one house and there's a center drag queen, the drag mother, and then there's a whole bunch of drag queens, like a big family. I I am actually uh, the drag founder of the House of Amazing, the first ever drag house for drag kids. I think it's important to have a drag house exclusively for kids because um, I would know that I'm not alone and they would know that they're not alone. And before I go, I'ma say my motto. My motto is, be yourself always no matter what anyone says and pay the haters no mind cause they'll never be as fierce as you and I. I say yeah. Oh, Desmond, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I love hearing about finding community, especially in the drag world at that age, but also just, yeah, young people finding their community in general. Your, your story is amazing. Your energy is amazing. I'm so glad we got to hear from you. so much for tuning in again y'all we did it again you came back again i love it i love it i love it and as you know the show is brought to you by coach as a part of their dream it real initiative all about supporting the next generation and their dreams for the future to learn more head to coach.com slash dream it real the show is a collaboration between coach pineapple street media young people across the country and me your lovely host who cannot sing Also, stay in touch, friends. You can find me on Twitter. I be tweeting sometimes, occasionally. (laughs) And make sure to follow Coach on all the socials. It is spelled Coach, and I know that you know how to spell that by this point. But it's C-O-A-C-H. Tell your friends about the show. 
and then tell their friends and then tell their friends. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Make sure to rate the show and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your fine podcasts. That's Dream It Real on all fine podcasting services. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a delightful ride, and it is now the end of our journey. See you next week, friends.